0: Hello, I'm Jeff Lister, and welcome to Wait, What? Comics podcast for the Savage Critics website. It's our dramatic conclusion for episode forty-eight, with Graham McMillan and I talking Batman Incorporated number seven, Dark Horse presents number one and two, the first issue of Witch Doctor, the Creeper Omnibus, the founder of continuities in their later careers, Marvel's Iron Age miniseries, Firestorm colon the Nuclear Man, and much more. It's seventy minutes of hard-hitting comic book dithering, just the way you like. As always, thanks for listening. Hey, speaking of which, did you read Batman Incorporated number seven? That was yes, I did, respect.
1: and I wanted to talk to you about that because Batman Incorporated number seven, go with me here, it's going to sound crazy. It's the comic that I wish Fear Itself was. Ah, interesting, interesting. Tell me more. Batman, Fe- uh, Batman Fear Itself, that's the, the new comic I've just there. We go, perfect. <laughs> Batman Incorporated number seven is unsettling. Mm -hmm. shows the effects of super war, for want of a better way of putting it, on regular people, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and shows heroes actually being heroic. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Fear itself does none of that, but fear itself should. And also, at some point during Batman Incorporated, I feel like the bad guys are in charge, and that, that also should be fear itself. Right.
0: Yeah, I think I, that's I, those are those are some mighty fine points. Uh, although I don't know, it's interesting because I feel like um, yeah, Batman Incorporated definitely this issue of Batman Incorporated does do kind of a nice job of like it's a weirdly dark issue. You know, like... Oh, it's an inc- it's
1: an incredibly dark issue.
0: Morrison's really an odd duck to me in in the way that he's handled Batman Incorporated generally in that it just seems like... I kind of... I don't know. I don't know what it is with Morrison. I feel like he's somebody who is very much like somebody who... Asp- espouses the the bright side. Hey, I've just created a new Kirby character. Um,
1: (laughs) Espouses the bright side?
0: Yeah, the bright side. Instead of dark side, you've got bright side, which I don't know what he'd look like. He would die, like, light. He
1: he, he looks literally like the negative of dark side.
0: Right, so he'd be sort of like a gem-shaped stone-type dude who's like always smiling.
1: He looks like Crystar from Marvel in
0: the 1980s. Ooh, nice. Except fatter, right? Because you'd have to... Yeah, exactly. I, I like, like the fatter broad. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Then we're on the same page here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he would...
1: Wait, wait, when you said Batman Incorporated was dark, you just, like, Chris something that was in my head. Mm-hmm. Batman Incorporated number seven is the filth version of Batman Incorporated.
0: Yeah, it really is. It it's, really the, is.
1: But the series started off, like, really campy. And it just progressively gotten more and more disturbing.
0: Well, and this is... So this was my thing before I got, you know, sidetracked by trying to imagine the character bright side is I really do feel like I feel like Morrison talks about this, you know, kind of bright in- inherently hopeful concept uh, behind superheroes, but also you know, like that quote that you threw on your blog from the the Mindless Ones interview, you know that the idea that it's punk rock to be hopeful,
1: I suppose yeah, yeah.
0: I think that Morrison... That's he really aspires to that, but I'm not sure how much it's really in his vocabulary. You know what I mean? Like
1: Oh, I, I think it is. I I do not read an issue like this from Morrison without expecting it to be the things are dark, how's our hero We're going to turn it around, oh look, he's turned it around. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, which he does every time. And I'm I'm fascinated that the idea is that, that Morrison is, and maybe that's it, maybe it's just that Morrison is super, super good at showing the dark side of things in a way that's really convincing, that makes you feel really kind of creepy un, and unsettled.
1: Oh, the, the the creepiest part of this book for me is, the. it's not even creepy, it's unsettling in a way that I can't properly explain. Mm-hmm. But when Sam Black Elk just says, superheroes, you're just two dudes, there's something about that uh-huh. that honestly feels like he is like, I am undermining the entire thing you thought you were reading, especially mm-hmm. because the follow-up, the next panel, is Manabats losing his shit and yeah. then getting arrested.
0: Yes. No, exactly. It's it- like, I have broken
1: superheroes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Exactly. No, there is there is something about that that whole part of that is like is to me is absolutely uh, the the part that the what really makes Batman Incorporated number seven work is that feeling that 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 Man of Bats is, seems crazy, you know, and you really kind of buy into that. I think.
1: Oh yeah, it does really well, especially when he's he's complaining about Sam Black Elk's dad, mm-hmm. and he's just like, "Your dad was a cheat and a liar." You know, he was a thief. He was this bad guy, and there really is a sense of maybe he wasn't. Yes, maybe this guy is delusional. Maybe this guy is created this fiction where mm-hmm. he is a superhero and and bad guys are bad guys. Yes. Yeah. And when he's doing it and he's in the cop car, it's there's something really. It really is. I am undermining what you what you normally read, and for when. The cop then shoots the other cop, mm-hmm. and Manabat gets stabbed. Mm-hmm. There is something just horrible about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something incredibly dark, darker than you think. You should go with the superhero comic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and then it's it's a weird feint. It's a weird feint. It's like it's it's more. It's the pat, patented Grant Morrison move, I think, or at least his modern patented move. I'm always. Sh- I'm always shocked when it works well. Uh and I thought it worked pretty well. It worked incredibly
1: issue. well in this. This, this was yeah. a really, really strong issue. It's the strongest Batman issue in a long time. Hmm. Interesting.
0: I'll I you know, it's one of those things where I'm like,
1: yeah, maybe
0: I think that's I think that's probably right. Um although although I think the issue previous to this was the was what felt like Batman Incorporated number 1 sort of that whole panorama issue where yeah. it's you know I thought that actually was was pretty well done if I hadn't come to it after the disappointment of the Argentina arc which I thought it thought was really lame I think I would have had some more appreciation for it
1: what what I think is really interesting is the series is ending in two issues
0: uh is it two it's not even making it to 9
1: I mean to 10 No I'm pretty sure it ends in position 9 Really wow shit or maybe it does make it issue 10. Hang on. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I know mean, also, it, it, may, it may not, because let's not forget, it's right. running horribly late. It's running horribly um, late, and September's right around the corner. Yeah, exactly. Shit. Maybe I, I wanted, I thought that uh, 9 was last issue.
0: No, I'll take your word for it I'll take your word for it Even as it is That's going to be really hard To, to, to get out the door to
1: get, to get to Yeah,
2: get
0: yeah, know. Yeah um, Right And then supposedly He's going to wrap it all up In a 10 issue Miniseries type thing Right it's, it's, That's what Yeah, really which I
1: I, I I could totally see mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I can see that happening You know it's worrying I'm looking at The books that are supposed To be coming out In July And I'm not seeing Any issue of Batman Incorporated Oh <laughs> boy Ooh. That's not a good sign <laughs> yeah. oh, dear. oh dear Really? Oh, have they all been shifted to August? Mm. This will be Batman Incorporated Wow, it just jumps to number 9 in August Maybe I just didn't see
0: Maybe you didn't see either. It's saying
1: it's Okay Oh, nope It's saying August 8, 9 and 10 Wait Wow
0: they're doing it's in, three it's the, issues of Batman Incorporated in August?
1: Yep, and it's because they've rescheduled one of the, they've Rescheduled issue 8 to August 17th, and they haven't fixed the solicits for issue 9 and 10. Wow. Wow. Holy crap. That's really broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looks like there might, I think, a best-case scenario. Mm-hmm. There might be three issues... Happening, but we're going to get there. Maybe three DC comics coming out on August 31st. Wow, I mean, that's a best case scenario that so they'll right. do it weekly, but I can't see that happening. Yeah, I because just all meant to be drawn by Chris Burnham, right? And that's not true. Cameron Short does issue nine. Oh,
0: okay, then actually, can... no,
1: Chris Burnham doesn't even do issue eight. Oh, really? Chris Burnham's jumping straight to issue 10. Okay, there's yeah. a comic that's uh-huh. horribly right schedule.
0: Well, I mean, it's uh, – you know, th- I th- I think they were pretty lucky to get Burnham in there in a way because he's fast and has been really good.
1: Yeah, I I, th- I think he's been surprisingly strong. I think without Burnham, the issues haven't been to work so well.
0: Well, yeah, actually, I think that's part
1: Bur- Does Burnham not feel like evil Frank quietly to you? He
0: does feel – like yeah, exactly where I was going to go with that. It's like he's so super close to quietly, but very different. Like – He's almost got as much uh, Juan Jose reap to him, and which to me, reap is rip is kind of the the evil. Oh no, maybe maybe um, Jeff Darrow's like the evil Frank Quitley. I don't know, you know. No, but... Jeff
1: Darrow's not evil. Jeff Darrow's just obsessed. <laughs>
0: I just mean in the sense of like they're sort of kissing cousins, but very different from each other. I suppose.
1: Yeah, no, but I don't get. There's a darkness that I don't get from Darrow's work that I do get from Bernal.
0: Oh, interesting. Um, I see. I I always see a darkness in in um, Darrow's work. To me, it's just it's differently placed. I suppose you know what I mean. Like it's there's always a sort of there's there's it, it's a darkness, but with with a sense of humor. Like there's always a sense of humor to me in Darrow's stuff. That, but it's but to me it's pretty, pretty dark. Maybe it's just because I'm still recovering from what uh hard issue hard boiled number one which I think was the first time I ever saw his art and it was just like dear dear god I've never seen a drawing of someone with like barbed wire and safety glass sticking out of their face that's been so absurdly well detailed in my life I hope I never see it again kind of thing you know but um but, but you will. But I well, I don't know. Poor old Darrow. Well, let me mention actually uh, that this will be a good segue to another set of books that I had recently read. Uh, Gray Pubic Hair presents uh, issues one and two from. Oh, I'm sorry. Dark Horse presents uh, issues one and two.
1: <laughs> I. Oh wow! <laughs> that joke was so unexpected and so spectacular. <laughs>
0: Um, and it, it was very, very odd reading these <laughs> I, two issues.
1: I, I, I honestly was like, "Grape, you're getting some weird ass make, <laughs> Great. Make comments these days."
0: Jeff, you have to get off whatever mailing list you're on. I can help you. I can get you on better comp lists. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh it was very really... dark horse presents issue one. I didn't read issue two, because issue one was so weird. It
0: was it's really odd, isn't it? It's so goddamn odd. And it really is like I mean I'm I'm of course joking in a way because if only because you've got a really good finder story in there, you know, by uh Carlos Speed McNeil. And uh uh and, and I guess the the thing at the but no, er, but everyone else, whether it's Galasi or Corbin or Ellison or Frank Miller or Michael Gilbert or Chadwick or Chakin or Neil Adams, like again I was like, yeah, this is great pubic care presents, like it really it all felt really old to me in a way where half of why I ended up liking some of the stuff that I did had that weird feel of like oh my God, look what's going on here, you know? Like, and yet I weirdly enjoyed it for that reason, I think.
1: Uh, did, you, did you enjoy it? I found it... I don't want to say that I didn't enjoy it, but I found it almost impossible to enjoy, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I, not only got nothing from the series, from from the comic, rather, um, but I felt incredibly distanced from it as if the only thing that was really there for me was the idea that here are a bunch of great creators past their prime
0: yes well except again for me except for Carlos Speed McNeil. which of, I,
1: true. and there was, there was someone else I can't remember who' someone else there, there was another great thing in the first uh, the first issue but oh uh, yeah uh, I, I there was I don't know there was it was really horrible it, it, <laughs> no, but do, do you know what I mean? Really, no I do know what you mean weirdly upsetting about it it was like here's what's upsetting it's upsetting because either A someone does not recognize that the work these people are producing is lesser than what they did before mm-hmm. and therefore kind of embarrassing for them
2: mm-hmm.
1: or B someone does realize that and is putting it out anyway
0: uh, yeah, I mean...
1: Uh, okay, here's the thing. It, it felt, remember last time we were talking about The Strangers and Free Mind and Future Comics? Yes. It was like Future Comics, the anthology.
0: Right, 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 right. Well, okay, yes, exactly. Um...
1: Which which is sad. And I don't mean that in the sense of, like, I am being snarky. I mean in the sense of it's actually sad to see all these people try their hardest and not measure up. Mm.
2: Well...
0: Uh, okay, uh, I, I, I am of two minds of this. On the one hand, yeah, I kind of agree. On the other hand, I think it's more sad... To, to me, what was more sad about it was the idea that these guys don't really have... I mean, maybe they've got tons of other places to play in, but the fact is I don't necessarily see... God, I don't know what
1: I'm saying here. It's, you you're, know, you're basically saying they're being published there because they can't be published anywhere else?
0: No, 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 no. I mean, I guess I'm what I'm saying is I'm glad to see their stuff being published, even if it is second-rate them, because I do think that the marketplace for the most part has proven itself kind of resistant to having them do anything but pale imitations of themselves anyway. Like, I mean, I think the thing that is kind of annoying about Dark Horse Presents is really all of these guys, except for, I don't know, maybe Michael Gilbert and Paul Chadwick, uh, could get work elsewhere and are, you know? Like, Galacy's still doing stuff, Corbin is still doing stuff, although I guess maybe they're only doing, you know, other license
1: type stuff for, for, for Dark Horse. But Oh, no, but Corbin could do whatever he wanted. Corbin was still getting to work at Marvel before he ended up going yeah. over to the Hellboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unlike Frank Miller definitely could do whatever he wants and is. Well,
0: exactly, exactly.
1: Um, Shaken is.
0: Yeah, well, in, yeah, I guess I suppose. In a, in a circumscribed way, I feel he's still allowed to do his thing at Marvel, whether or not...
1: I, it, yeah, he, he is not he isn't. I mean, did you yeah, read... Yeah, he's doing <laughs> his version of it. What's that? Did you read Fear Itself the Homefront? No. If you ever want to, again, feel sad, <laughs> um, read the chicken stories in that. Wow. it's Because it, they're, they're all like two pages. So, I mean, you could, you could read however many issues have come out, like four issues of that have come out. Right. You could read all of them in maybe five minutes. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's kind of tragic. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, that's it. There is, there is a weird feeling of, of tragedy to it, I suppose. I, I have to admit, I enjoyed Dark Horse Presents 1 and 2 in part because a friend lent it to me, so I didn't actually pay the money for it. You know, So <laughs> it was easier for me to go, hey, this is kind of a pip. Hey, I didn't pay $8 for this. Right. I didn't pay $8 for this, but also there was kind of that weird. And, you know, Neil Adams following on the heels of Batman Odyssey, his stuff in here was just just ape shit. You know? um, Yeah, Neil
1: Adams is having some sort of weird breakdown. (laughs) Yeah, he really is. I mean, I thought Neil Adams was having a weird breakdown when he started talking about how he knew how the Earth was formed. Yes! So this this shit is, like, next level.
0: Yeah, it is. It is amazing, isn't it? So I think there's some level where I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, you know. Like, this is all just good hijinks because you're reading this Neil Adams thing and you just can't believe that you're reading it. But... I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, so for that, in that sense, I was, I was amused by what you were depressed by, I suppose. It, it really, this (laughs) So what
1: you're saying is, what I find actually kind of tragic, you find amusing. Usually, yes.
0: I mean, certainly in this case, I don't know about generally, but I, I, you know, it's, I don't know, like you said, like with Strangers or Future Comics or whatever, to me there's just this sense of like, hey, these guys were in this anthology, it was presented as a good pay rate, and what's kind of amusing to me is Dark Horse seems to think that these guys are all great, you know what I mean? Like there is something kind of comforting by to me of the idea of like you still have a publisher who thinks like, wow, I got Neil Adams. You know what I mean? Like, that's sort of... No, but hey,
1: you want to publish that things That Marvel?
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. Right. You're right. They were all up and down about their They're thing. like,
1: Neil yeah, Adams is drawing Avengers. Right, right. And then you look at the company and you're like, that's terrible. <laughs>
0: right, exactly. That's, ooh, I don't... But that's just it. Me
1: the weird thing is, like, Neil Adams was groundbreaking. Neil Adams revolutionized the industry. True. In more ways than one. Yeah. yeah. You look yeah, at yeah. Neil Adams' work now, and it's it does not measure up to what other people are doing.
2: Oh yeah.
1: yeah, Neil Adams has been passed by by the industry, but he has this I don't know
2: mm-hmm.
1: thing this this cachet that it has not not only not gone away it's it's somehow protected him. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I I think that that's kind of I don't know what I think of that. I mean, it's not it's. I I wish in some ways that more people had that, you know, because <laughs> there's part of me that still wishes that like Herb Trimpy was getting pain work, you know.
1: No, yeah, no, I I agree. But um. But at the same time, I think there's a point where it almost becomes cruel hmm. when you're lionizing people who not that they don't deserve to be lionized, but they don't deserve to be humored, I guess. Well.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I don't know. You know, it's hard. It's it's I mean, comics is is is. it's a cruel industry, Graham, you know? And so I I definitely I definitely see your point. But I do have that weird stage of would I rather see this work by <laughs> no,
1: no, no, part of it? Part of me is also thinking, you know, am I really arguing that you should be like you're just not good enough to get a job anymore?
0: Yeah. Are you?
1: You know, I, I, it's kind of like I am. you put it like that, I'm like, wow, I'm a dick. <laughs> you, know what, you know what it is? You know what I've just realized? Mm. I want those people to get jobs. I want those people to get work. I don't want those people to, A, be told, or B, be sold to others as the vanguard of the medium anymore.
0: Right. No, I definitely agree with you. I definitely agree with you.
1: Um, I'll be perfectly happy if, like, Neil Adams goes back to Marvel and draws X-Men Forever 3 written by Roy Thomas. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'd I'd buy that book. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. But for someone to say, Neil Adams, the revolutionary artist, is drawing New Avengers, this is his best work ever, (laughs) you're lying to me, you're lying to him. Well, that's it. And it's unfair.
0: I I think that's the part that, that, to the extent that it rankles, I mean, I think there is a way to me that, that, uh, another way I was amused by Dark Horse Presents is kind of this idea of like, wow, Dark Horse really is so barely relevant, you know? And I mean, I guess that's, who knows, maybe that's been their tagline, you know? It's like... (laughs) Dark Horse Comics, so barely relevant since 1988.
1: Yeah, it's 25 years old this year. I'm looking like it.
0: Yeah, exactly. We're 25 and we're looking like 50. And And I'm kind of, you know, I mean, that's kind of always been their case. They've always kind of been on the fringe enough and still somehow managed to stay in the game in part because they have the weirdo thing that's that makes them go like oh my god we worship like neil adams and howard jaykin and carlos speed McNeil, which i'm just like okay i actually why
1: why is dark Horse still in game because they have the fucking star wars license
0: right which they also have in
1: there although you 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 take away dark horse's license books dark horse would go out of business
0: you know what and yet it's the it's the star wars license that almost killed them you know Uh, at least once if not twice sure
1: sure but it's but I blame money. You take Dark, you take Star Wars and Buffy and the other hidden things away oh, yeah. from Dark Horse.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. no. And the you're like, things, you're, something
1: you're, separate. you would you would be left with a company that probably breaks even on Hellboy mm-hmm. and is making a loss in everything else.
0: Yeah, no. I told I you're absolutely right. You're and again, has been that way a long time and there have been times like when the Phantom Menace came out where they bet the bet the farm on it and
1: almost lost it all as far as I, I could. Know that. Yeah, and that's what they did with the John Ivanovich thing as well. Mm-hmm. Let's—we don't know how many we can sell these. Let's print a hundred thousand million.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm and and printing like, what? ten trillion Whoa. books. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really bad idea. No, that's—it's the reason that you think it's a bad idea that proves that it's a brilliant <laughs> it's idea.
1: Like, really, that they—they they make stunningly bad business decisions sometimes. Huge. It's like really, right. you honestly couldn't underprint and then. Do a second printing really Do quickly. a second printing, Cause, yeah. Because here's a clue. You could. <laughs> exactly. And exactly. you wouldn't be left with 60,000 unsold copies in your basement.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I know. And yet, and yet, amazingly enough, like, I mean, Dark Horse is, I mean, this is the thing that's so hilarious, is when you look at the majority of, you know, the comic companies that are out there, like so many other companies have built themselves by modeling after the Dark Horse model. You know what I mean? Like, licensed comics plus X, you know?
1: and well, to, to me, IDW is Dark Horse done right. Yeah. And I, I feel that's almost an insult to both companies. Mm-hmm. But it's licensed comics plus the occasional prestige product.
0: Right. The, or, with, or, with, a, yeah. with a
1: side order of schlock that will sell.
0: Right, right. Schlock that will sell, you know, um, plus stuff that we believe in you know, whatever that happens to be. I agree. I think you see that from Dynamite, frankly. I mean, I think you see it from most of the people that turned around and, like, you know, I mean, there were some companies that, like, whoever it was who did the Transformers shit... IDW. uh, Before IDW. Oh, Dreamwave. Yeah, there we go. Dreamwave, where, you know, again, they built their idea of, like, okay, we're going to build our our money on, you know, licensed comics, except instead of, like... (laughs) Instead of you know putting it back into the industry, we're just going to put it into Pat Lee's like gas tank and you know let him rip. So
1: that worked out well, though. It
0: did. I have to say, the industry's better for it. Um, <laughs> to say nothing of all those people who never got paid. But I mean, you know, on the upside, we sure don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, did you read <laughs> Zombie Number Four, by the way, by uh, John Rosam and Fraser Irving?
1: Oh crap, not only did I not, I also forgot to buy it yesterday. What?
0: Oh, oh. Dang,
1: I suck.
0: Well, you know, honestly, it's a weird issue. I mean, weird is in I, I,
1: like really weird for zombie or just weird? Because all of zombies being weird.
0: All of zombies been weird. This one has been um I, I definitely remember when we were all ranting about uh, zombie. Like and somebody in on uh, Savage Critic in the the feedback forums, oh, feedback forums in um, in in the comments fields were basically like, "Yeah, I've read like two issues of it. I'm kind of not feeling it." And issue four is like, the art looks so so amazingly beautiful that it's to me like it almost covered up the fact that nearly nothing happens. You know, like it's.
1: It's well, I kind, of, I kind
0: of felt that about issue
1: three. Yeah, exactly. I, I, felt, I felt the story started getting away from it in issue three.
0: Yeah, it, issue three also kind of had a real weird diminishing returns to me. And I cannot say, unfortunately, I feel like that trend continues for the fourth issue. So it'd be interesting to see if you felt the same. The one thing that I noticed while reading Zombie 4, which is not useful to anyone in any way, is... I was kind of looking at it going, oh my God, like if they ever like do a sequel to V for Vendetta, they've got to get Fraser Irving to draw it. You know, like he just so does David Lloyd, like almost better than David Lloyd does David Lloyd now.
1: Here, here's, a, here's a great thought. Let's never discuss a sequel to V for Vendetta when DC Comics might be listening.
0: <laughs>
1: well, I sort of figured... Why not now?
0: It's it's better, you know? Like It's
1: one of the new 52. Yeah, there the, we go. The third 52.
0: Oh, my God. That, see, that's how you, like, drive Alan Moore insane. You don't write all of his concepts off. It's like November rolls around, and it's like, Watchmen number one. The new ongoing starts here. V for Vendetta number one by Chuck Dixon and Fraser Irving. The adventure begins anew. Actually, you know, I was thinking of V for Vendetta. I think you would have to call it W didn't you think? (laughs) Because it looks like two Vs, you know? No,
1: because you call it W, and then you'd have it be a stereotypical Russian.
0: Oh, there we go. (laughs) That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, in the far-flung Russia of the future. V
1: for Wendetta.
0: We for Wendetta. (laughs) It is I, Ensign Chekhov, also known as We.
1: Can I just say that I love that your Russian accent honestly kind of like Sylvester the cartoon cat.
0: What? It does not, Graham. The <laughs> worst part is I'm going to play it back and thanks to your powers of hypnosis it will suddenly sound like that, but admittedly I didn't and turn I up
1: there. Then I don't is done.
0: <laughs> Why is it, do I just have a natural lisp or something? Or uh,
1: it, You're kind of going into that.
0: That's so funny because normally my Russian stuff always ends up sounding like Boris Badenov from like you know, uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle.
1: You're, you're skipping cartoons. It's fine.
0: No, but I knew, I want to get at least that one I liked because I could then <laughs> always go, boos, Squirrel, you know, <laughs> and enjoy it. Yes. Honestly,
1: whoever complained in the, the comments section for our last podcast that they wanted to listen to the splash page because at least they didn't think they were funny. <laughs> they might have a point there.
0: Okay, first off, they totally had a point. Like, I'm splash page 2 as well. And, uh, yeah, okay. So.
1: <laughs> no, no, seriously. I, part of me was just like, I could listen to you, impressions all day. And then I was thinking, that's really not what this podcast is about.
0: <laughs> it is true. It is true. Although, I don't know. People, there were plenty of people where I just think if you were doing like, Cap v. Wolverine and then you got me reading the the captions as uh, Sylvester the cat.
1: <laughs> it could happen.
0: Or Alan Moore. Yeah, really, seriously. You know, I'll we have Alan the cat. Alan, well, hmm, I, did I, I
1: Did I just blow your
0: mind? You did. Actually, I sort of unfortunately flashed back on Maxwell the magic cat. So I'm like,
1: ah, Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, sorry, it, was, it was
0: perfectly clever for what it was. I mean... God knows Alan Moore like his cartooning made uh, like Scott Adams on Dilbert look profound but you know it worked for what it was it was clever it taught him pacing I don't know I take it you didn't read it and or I, I, I didn't really like
1: it I read a bit I, a bit. I, I didn't really like it <laughs> that's how I tell you I knew
0: it I knew it I could tell from like I'm like oh he doesn't even like Maxwell the magic cat there's nothing that Alan Moore has done that you've liked is there is it, I'm oh I'm sure.
1: Th- I'm sure. From hell.
0: I'm sorry. There's from hell. Okay. Like from yeah, like, oh, hell.
1: I love from hell. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 God, I'm. I'm struggling already. See?
0: Okay. There we knew it. It was just from hell. Yeah. All right. And that was only I because I of Ed like Campbell. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I kind of like Prometheus. <laughs> this is going to be one of those admissions I mean I quit reading at issue 2 but those first two issues I kind
1: of liked (laughs) those are issues I finished come on (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well you can trust my, my taste in comics anyway I think if anyone who's listened to this podcast has learned my Taste in Comics is somewhat suspect. Uh, You know, they... You up. only have to look down my list of things that I, I have waiting for me until I wait to know how suspect My Taste in Comics You <laughs> should so
0: read that out loud. That would be awesome. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, I'd <I'm laughs> be dying to know that list.
1: Hang on, really? Let's
0: yeah. see. While you're looking that up, I will say that I also read and picked up, it's several weeks old, but uh, Witch Doctor number 1. Well, oh, how is it?
1: I, I've heard many things about it. I really liked it.
0: I mean, I really liked the zero issue that they ran in the back of Walkie Dead, so it's like, okay, I will pick up the first issue. And it was really good. I really liked everything about it. Um I don't know if you would necessarily feel the same. Like, because I can't I think I feel like you would. I can't see any reason why you wouldn't like it other than maybe you just don't like supernatural fiction i suppose but for a weird fun little um you know it it's 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 very much like if uh you know like if you hellblazer but with house instead of john
1: Sick. that did. that, you know, that sounds spectacular to me yeah
0: yeah i think you would i think you would enjoy that um i just i really like the fact that the guy seems to go to town on the research I think the I think the art is really interesting and lovely and has a variety of influences. I'll enjoy, but yeah, no, I just enjoyed that first issue of Witch Doctor
1: tremendously. So I I will I will pick it up when I'm next in the store along with Zombie issue four, which I completely forgot to get because I'm an yes. idiot. Um, <laughs> let's see. So what do I have waiting for me? I have the first volume of Secret Avengers.
0: Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, uh, in in part because you were like, I really liked the first two issues and then no. Yes, Uh, exactly In the I would never pay for it But I am curious enough To see if I dislike it to read it I have Shadowlands by Andy Diggle and Billy Tan
2: Hmm.
1: I have The X-Men Omnibus Volume 2 Which is the Second half of the original run Right. Which actually is my favorite parts Of the original run (laughs) For some reason the Roy Thomas Werner Roth stuff I am not like Arnold Drake I love that stuff
0: I love that stuff too actually
1: I, um, I have Secret 6, by I guess mm-hmm. I have Captain America, Man and Wolf by Mark Grunwald. I was going to say, that's Alex. a
0: Grunwald trade, obviously. Yep, yeah. yep.
1: Hmm. Um, And most excitingly of all, I have Captain Britain, Volume 1, Birth of a Legend by Chris Claremont and Herb Trimpey. Ooh. A it, like you are be... jealous of that, are you? I am, I am, I totally yeah, would. I, yeah. I am really looking forward to reading that. Yeah. It's kinda of, kind of embarrassing how much I'm looking forward to reading that, but I really, really am. Yeah. It's the first thirty nine issues of Captain Britain Weekly.
0: Wow. See, those are the ones I was kinda of interested in reading because I really kinda of loved how that character looked before they changed up his outfit. That
1: yeah, it was a really interesting design
0: Yeah, it really was I don't I'm sort of bummed Like after that They like put them in just that sort of Modified football outfit That I'm like Alright, if that's what works for you guys But But that first one was really odd You know it, it
1: Yeah, was... It, was, it was It was a really interesting design I remember reading the I want to say it's probably the first two issues of that In yeah. a uh, collection uh, uh, British annual uh-huh. When I was a kid I mean I must have been like five I was really, really, really young uh huh. Um, and I remember at the time thinking, this is just like the comics are like, but not. <laughs> so I'm really curious to go back and revisit it because it really, like, it's very much drawing on all the quote unquote Marvel tropes. Right. But right. there's something off about the whole thing that I'm really, really interested in reading.
0: Okay. I'm so glad that you said this because I have two of those exact books that um, I picked up. Uh, One is uh, the Creeper Omnibus that I found. Oh
1: God, I fucking love that book. It's amazing. Love it so much. Oh my God. You're you're talking about the Steve Ditko one, right? Yes,
0: absolutely. So good. I am just amazed at how, A, how much I love it and B, kind of how much I kind of, it's, maybe it's just me and well you know what it is part of it is knowing that Denny O'Neill is writing the stories under a pseudonym I guess because Ditko's plotting them or whatever I'm not sure why if that's the reason but his I know that Sergius O'Shaughnessy is is, uh, is Denny O'Neill yeah. Opinion, yeah so but I really feel like this was very much like um, Ditko being brought to DC and being like okay you did Spider-Man and you did Marvel, you know, like kind of like we want you to do Spider-Man. We want you to do like a Marvel comic here at DC. And so it's like, a, it's more like a Marvel book, but it also isn't, you know what I mean? Like it's a very, very odd mix of things. And I mean- it's, got, But
1: do you not think it's also really like the stuff he was doing at Carlton? Like when I read the, the um Ditko Captain Adam and uh, Blue Beetle. Uh-huh. Have you read that stuff? I,
0: I haven't. That's why I'm like, huh, maybe. Like, I'm like... Oh, no,
1: really. You you will want to search out the collections of that stuff as well. Right, because right. that is, I would argue, more Marvel. Mm. Uh, but it's really close in tone to the Creeper stuff. The Creeper stuff is almost more normalized. Right. If only because I think the Carlton stuff might be entirely Ditko. I think he might right. be writing as well yeah. as drawing. Exactly. Um... But it's it's all there's just something about the creeper in particular. I remember reading it and actually being really really sad that no one has done the creeper straight since then. Mm-hmm. Everyone's always like he's mad or you know there's a demon or you know some twist on it, and it's like the creeper as they did it. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect character.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and that's kind of the, the, the two things that really surprised me about reading it, because I hadn't read these original stories, is A, um, kind of like, it is, it is. It's a, it's, kind of a, it's a perfect character. It's a very odd little, it's like a really unique setup, but it also works. Um, and also,
1: my favorite thing about the setup is when it gets canceled and then comes back, Mm-hmm. It's essentially the same setup, but he's replaced the female character with a different name, but it's pretty much the same character. <laughs> Did you notice that? that
0: far. I haven't gone that far. I'm only, oh, I'm just, only like just, the first just wait, four there, There's a part in. where
1: like, he's and comes back, and it's pretty much exactly the same setup, but he's changed the female character just into another female character. Right. Well, and But the, it's the same character. The, it's just like a different name. The
0: other thing that really surprised me is, is how much Ditko is... Tr- He's really – it's Ditko having fun and it's Ditko having fun in a way. It is so light
1: and enjoyable.
0: Yeah, like there's that stellar sequence where he gets in the fist fight in front of the National Comics billboard. You you remember that, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is just – it's like an amazing piece of – I mean, you know, everyone like kind of like – pooped themselves when like uh, Morrison did the same thing in that that Batman Man Bat issue thing but yeah no
1: no, but yeah Ditko did it like 30 40 years earlier
0: yeah and in a way that just really what I thought the the setup and delivery of that one page sequence was so like amusing and witty and it really is like Ditko like you I just don't think of him having fun after he leaves Spider Man.
1: And- no, you, you sort of end up thinking of him as this tragic character. And then you yeah. read the Carlton stuff and you read the, the Creeper stuff. And it's just great. I yeah. mean, the Carlton stuff is one of these things. Like, this is a complete random thing for me. The lettering is terrible and it makes it really hard for me to read. So I had to sort of take a run at it in order to read it. Uh-huh. But it's so good. It's so, so good. And it's it's basically him going. Not only was I the guy who was really responsible for Spider-Man being awesome, but I'm now going to out Stan Lee, Stan Lee in the dialogue as well. Yeah, interesting. I would love to check that out. It's great stuff. The Blue Beetle stuff in particular is just spectacular.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, the Creeper thing's really, really, really good. It, it made me because I read that at the same time as I read the Kirby Demon Collection. Mm. I've talked to like, my idea for a demon creeper crossover.
0: No, I don't think you have.
1: Where Jack Ryder investigates uh, Jason Blood because he's convinced that he's a, a phony. Oh, that's
0: great. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, it's, a, it's like a really simple idea. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But then they can both just get in a random fight.
0: Right. Exactly. It's kind of perfect for that way. And they are the really. Those characters are so strange, you know? But, but
1: also so complete.
0: Yes, and I well that that honestly may be part of what's so strange about them. You know what I mean? Like there's no um ah, the, both both the very like once you get past the creepers or the first issue of the creeper and his and his origin story. Once it's in place, like any story that you read from that point is utterly sort of modular and self-contained. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah, there's almost I mean there's almost if not no continuity. Yeah. Exactly. Which is which is what's so wonderful about it, and I think the yeah. same is true of, of the demon and exactly. almost every Kirby comic of, of that right. era.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly.
1: They're, they're so complete in and of themselves; they are spectacular.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there is something that's really odd, and I and I wonder is like is that something that they chose? Like, I guess
1: I, I think I think it's an old school thing.
0: That it's a that it's a what.
1: It's an old school thing.
0: Right, right, exactly. But I'm like, did they, like, did, why did they choose it this way? Like, why did they, they clearly made this choice. I think it's kind of weirdly fascinating that the guys who created what we think of as comic book continuity, I guess, in the larger sense, like, even if you throw Lee into that mix, Lee, Kirby, Ditko, they all essentially turned their backs on it. You know what I mean? Like, they all let... Once they left those initial books, none of them really... Like, I guess Kirby was the only one who made a run at it with, with his Fourth World stuff.
1: But even then, his Fourth World stuff was different because he had an ending. Right. I think, well, yeah, at, some point, I think at some point they all yeah. thought, you can't do an open-ended thing. Yeah, you can't in do it part, be, In part because, for the reasons that I think the DC characters weren't doing that before, which is, you're putting... Uh, you're limiting the run of your characters.
0: Right. Well, and I let let me just interject and say that I think we're both maybe semi deliberately leaving out Commandy, which in my mind is one of the great continuity comics of, of, of all
1: time. So Yeah, in part I'm doing that 'cause I am doing because i have not read enough. I've only read like the four archive collections. Oh. Uh of Commandy?
0: Yeah. Wait, did you say four? There's only yeah. two, two, aren't there? Oh, oh, were
1: there no, no. They, they, they put the, the the archives only had like eight issues each. Oh, I see. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, there's 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 old there's old really. I mean, really fucking expensive hardcovers. covers. That again, I got from the library because I didn't want to pay like hundred dollars for an eight issue hardcover. cover.
0: Right, 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 right. Well, I I paid the money for the first two Commandy volumes. So, huh? Interesting. Well, I'm looking no, for that. I want to,
1: see. I to say there's, a, there's at least four there might be
0: five. I'll take your word for it. You are much sharper on me. I I did you say at least 5 or I said there's at least 4, there might be 5. Oh, that I'm uh, I'm going to look right now, damn it. I don't think that's true, but you're going to prove me wrong. Volume 1, Volume 2. Ooh, there's that omnibus. I can't wait. Uh, I only see the two omnibus here, but admittedly Amazon I read
1: more. I <laughs>
0: I'm sure you're right. I'm sure they're just not... I don't know
1: why they're... Or have I am, I? am I imagining later volumes? I would honestly say I've read at least three. Dude, Have I, I imagined later volumes? I've, you know what I'm going to do? I would look up the covers and I'll tell you what, because I've only read them.
0: Well, maybe in, you read the original issues, because I... No, I, I
1: haven't read the original issues. Oh, okay, I know that.
0: I've totally read the... those. That's actually how I read all of the commandies was I went back and got it. Dude, I'm not seeing anything above volume two here. This is this is going to be an awesome moment in comic book history, ladies. If and gentlemen.
1: you if you discover that there's more,
0: no. If we discover that you hallucinated two more volumes of it, Graham, that would be the. I best.
1: did. There's only two. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> when you were like four,
0: I'm like four. Wait, wh- what? Like, and it says a lot about you, Graham, that I actually believe you, believe you me. over me. Yeah. You fool. I know. Never happen
1: again. Uh. (laughs) It's broken. Hey, while we were talking about Captain uh, Captain Britain, I was going to say, did you read the Iron Age? Uh, The Iron Age? Yeah, it's the Iron Man time travel crossover story thing. The
0: original one with, like,
1: Doctor Doom? No, 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 no. no, no. It's it's a series that's happening now.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, no, not at
1: all. Mm -mm. It's it's weird. (laughs) Yeah? Uh, It's weird in part because... Each issue... Well, first of all, there's Iron Age Alpha and then Iron Age Issue 1. Iron Age Issue 1 is very clearly Iron Age Issue 2 because Iron Age Alpha ends on a cliffhanger that Iron Age Issue 1 picks up from. Oh, uh, also, Iron Age Issue 1 is quite clearly Iron Age Issues 1 and 2 that they've put together because it's 44 pages of story that have that are two 24 22-page chapters by a different creator de- creative team. Also, here's the giveaway. Each of those chapters have different cover artists listed in the credits. (laughs) Not not making that up. Here's
0: Uh, another clue. Issue (laughs) one features Patsy Walker. Issue two features Son of Satan.
1: See, you're joking, but uh, I (laughs) think Alpha is actually... Iron Man travels through time and teams up with old Marvel heroes. And so issue one is him teaming up with the 1980s Avengers. And issue 1B, or the second half of issue one, is him teaming up with Captain Britain. Wow. And then in issue two, he teams up with Power Paran- Man and Iron Fist and the, the Human Torch. And then issue three, he teams up with Dazzler and Cyclops. Okay. I, I've blown your mind, haven't
0: I? I was about to say this, been... this,
1: series, this series actually exists. Jeff. No, it this series no, no, it doesn't. No, I fell this for the four also...
0: volumes of Commandy Archives. I'm not <laughs> following for this. Sorry.
1: I have, I have accidentally blown my credibility. Um, <laughs> I and mean, the best part is like the creators are such. I, I don't want to say mid level, but I mean mid level creators. It's Christos Gage and Rob Williams as writers. Hmm. Um, that I honestly am not sure why this comic exists. Honestly, I have no idea why this comic exists. Or actually, I, so I was going to say I don't know why I bought it, but I do because Carla from uh, uh, Comic Book Resources was like, "It's really enjoyable," and then I bought it, and I was like, eh, "I should remember that you really like for yourself," and I don't. So. Right?
0: Exactly. I mean, it is interesting when you have those situations where people have like. Oh right! It's like I respect you, I respect your taste, and yet they don't align with mine. I, I, yes, and I, I have I, to remember that.
1: Yes, I completely disagree with your taste. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Iron Age, Iron Age is a real thing, and it is—it's one of those books that you read, and you're kind of like, a this could be a nice episode, a nice instance of nostalgia, and it's not. Mm-hmm. And b this is this has to be published because someone decided there had to be another book on the stands. This has to be a business decision comic because there is no other reason for this to exist. Right. So, and this is... Okay, so the, the setup is this. Uh, uh, just, is it a continuing... No, it's it's a three-issue miniseries... That is that really actually a a
0: six-issue miniseries. No,
1: that's actually a five-issue miniseries because there's... There's a one-shot at the start and a one-shot at the end that aren't part of the official numbering. And each issue of the three-issue main miniseries is really two issues.
0: Okay, so... I'm sorry, so...
1: So, Seriously, it's it's an eight-issue miniseries.
0: Okay, thank you.
1: five (laughs) comics. Seriously, issue one is 22 pages and (laughs) 2.99. Issue... No, sorry, that's not true. Issue alpha is 22 pages
0: Uh,
1: and uh 2.99. Issue one is... 44 pages of content and f- and $5.
0: Oh, my God. All right. Wow. Wow.
1: Oh, and also, it's biweekly. <laughs> Honestly, everything I say about this makes it sound like more of a joke, doesn't no,
0: it? No, everything that you say about it does sound like if you had cooked up, like... The perfect like a, a, a Marvel of Marvel's releasing yeah,
1: schedule. No, 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 really, it's true. Here's the plot, okay?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Iron Man gets kidnapped by an enemy he doesn't remember, who has Doctor Doom's time machine that he's used to grab Dark Phoenix from the past, who destroys reality, and Iron Man wakes up in what is essentially like 1983 in terms of Marvel publishing. Okay, and that's it. And then he meets himself when he's drunk, Mm -hmm. borrows his own armor from when he's drunk, goes and hangs out with the Avengers, who in this case is uh, the Wasp and Captain America and Thor and Hawkeye and Captain Marvel, the female Captain Marvel, and Star Fox and Mm -hmm. She-Hulk. And they all fight Ultron. Uh, and also, he then gets to beat up Hank Pym, because this is during the Hank Pym has beat up the Wasp story. Right. Uh, and then he goes and argues with Captain Britain.
0: So you're saying this is if Marvel team-up was actually Life on Mars, was actually Back to the Future.
1: Yes. Wow. And for all we know, that was the pitch.
0: <laughs> it probably was. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine somebody just, like, staring at the person without blinking
1: for, like, and, and what, three what minutes. And what's is I would not be surprised if the pitch was also, like, it doesn't have to be Iron Man. Because there's no reason that right. it's Iron Man.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Any character could be plugged into this comic. Yeah, yeah,
0: not yeah. it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if it was, in fact, supposed to be another character. And they're like... Yeah,
1: they, they were like, it's Spider-Man. They're like, well, Iron Man's, you know, Iron Man's bigger right now.
0: Right. Well, who knows? I mean, when they've got this many issues, I sort of half think that this was supposed to be something that was flooding the stands when Iron Man two hit the market, and something missed its deadline, and then they were like, "Oh, we got eight issues of this. What the fuck do we do now?"
1: Yeah, it it really might be. It's just it's the weirdest comic.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's astonishing. I did not know that thing existed. And
1: but, I- but here's the thing: I I should love it. Captain yeah. Britain, Dazzler. Power Man and Iron Fist? Like I am the, I am the target audience for this comic. Right. Also Marvel Team Up, I fucking love Marvel Team Up. Right. And I read this and honestly was just like I don't even know what I'm reading. I don't know what this is.
0: Right. Right. Well, cuz I think there is something to be said for I don't know I or, or I, I don't I'm, I don't even know I haven't read it. I'm like it doesn't sound organic in any way, I suppose, and there's something to it that just seems like I just part of me is very baffled by the idea of like, well, Iron Man, sure, he's going to team up with Power Man and Iron Fist because Dark Phoenix destroyed the Earth. You know what I mean like there's something that that's, seems that's very, what you do. That's what you do. Yeah. It just seems so like you know, like you took a like the the old South Park episode where a Family Guy writes the episodes with the dolphins throwing the balls into the hoops or whatever. You know, it's just way too um, sloppy. Well, uh, to ping pong it back to my other DC comic that seems oh yes, yes, like yes. it's clearly supposed to be a Marvel comic. Um, and then become is very much its own s- weird strange thing uh, the first two issues of the Fury of Firestorm which I had picked up uh, when it was on sale
1: through one oh. of the DC sales the
0: digital editions I picked them yeah, all up since it, they were for, nice first and cheap. Of, first of all
1: it's just Firestorm Fury of Firestorm was the follow up series oh
0: thank you okay
1: don't, don't you mess with me, with Firestorm? I read those as well. We can actually, we can actually discuss those.
0: Well, here's the uh, problem. You,
1: you only read the first two issues.
0: I only read the first two. Yeah, exactly. So you're, you're
1: missing out on some classic, classic stuff. I and I, I'm actually not joking. I, I, I believe Star- it. I've told you before, Firestorm is spectacular because it's anti-Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really is. You'd said it's that whole idea that Ronnie Raymond is is it's Flash what? Thompson. Yeah, and being picked on. By Peter Parker, by Peter Parker, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, god, it's so great. I really, really, really love Jerry Conway's Farser. Mm hmm.
0: Mm hmm. I can, well, here's the thing that first issue is is pretty great. Um, I won't even get into Shade the Changing Man number one, which I reread this morning, that was astoundingly good. Oh, my god,
1: uh, you're talking about the, the Dick Go one?
0: Uh, no, 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 the Vertigo one, the first issue. Oh,
1: god, the, the first, like, mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Chris Boccolo and... Peter
1: yeah, and I want to know. say, like, maybe the first year and a half of Shade is amazing, yeah. and it kind of was a bit weird for, like, a year. Right. But then something like issue 30 through issue 50 is, like, some of the best comics ever made.
0: Yeah, I have to... I clearly have to get back to it. But the thing that stuns me is I just forgot... I mean, Milligan's had his, like, hits uh, A Mill-
1: Milligan's had Up and Down's, like, crazy time. Yeah,
0: yeah. But I forgot. This, this, that first issue is... Is amazingly good. Like, it is a perfect, self-contained here's your pilot episode of your TV show, here's your first issue, that manages to set everything up, give you resolution, and then open everything up to something larger. And it's shocking how well it works. Firestorm, also, by the same token, like, I, I read, I finished that first issue of Firestorm, and I was like, I want this... I want this I really want this rebooted. I don't want the the version of it that they're putting out in September. I want
1: this oh, I, version. No, I, I, it, you know, I, I, what could I, mean? have, I could happily read a well-done version that they're putting out in September. The idea of just replacing the professor with another student who's a brain? Right. Fine. I'm done with that.
0: Yeah, I don't I'm not sure if like on the one hand I I see your point, like but I but there's part of me where I'm like I don't know. I, I can't put my finger on it, but yeah, the anti Spider-Man angle of it there would work even more now, better now than it would back then. You know what I mean? Like, cause to me, the idea that Ronnie Raymond is a smart guy, but he is a jock and he's in this weird parallel universe where nobody respects him for that. I suppose that weird parallel universe makes a lot more sense to me in 2011.
1: But you know but you mean? can do that with them now, because I believe, I could be wrong, I think the reboot of the series is making them both high schoolers again. Oh,
0: okay. Well, okay, but here's my other thing, is, is I also think that there's a way in which throwing Professor Stein in there as the other part of Firestorm is kind of... Is a good idea, because like, like he says, like like he Conway has Raymond say in the second issue, like, Professor Stein's more like Car- Ken Carmichael than he is like Ronnie, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so there's something
1: that's but, kind but of... The, yes. the frustrating thing for me, because I've read a ridiculous number of firestorm issues, right. is um, there's a lot of potential in the first couple of issues that they just... Not only don't fall open, but they sort of shift away from. Yeah, um, there's I, a, I mean, in the first—I want to say it's the first issue—they fairly firmly say that it's not that there's two minds in there, but they are both melds to become the same mind, and that's gone. Like even by the end of the first five issues.
0: Yeah, no, they become one mind in which, and it's this weird like. Professor Stein is sort of the subconscious brain or something, and they never quite know what to do, how to handle that, I suppose.
1: And so they essentially change it so that it's Ronnie's mind, but he can hear the professor, right. which is, is a much less interesting idea.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, no, there's just that that first issue is perfect in its high concept. The second issue is kind of hilarious by how weirdly inept it is in some ways, you know? Like, that issue, the issue where Superman appears and it's a completely gratuitous appearance. And it's great. It is so, like, weirdly... Oh, but also Superman's
1: hilarious.
0: He's hilarious.
1: (laughs) It's really, really funny because he's like, hey, son, I thought you were ready, right. but they just like, maybe you're not.
0: Yes, exactly. Like, wow, what a dick move to break out right there. And and of course, Firestorm's like, no, I fucked it up. No.
1: But also, I like when he appears, he's, Firestorm's like, Superman. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, the issues you have, the issues you have ahead of you get even better. With Crystal Frost, aka Killer Frost, is spectacular
0: <laughs> that is that is fabulous
1: and, and then um the hyena as well there's actually lots of really weird things happening that conway's doing that again when he brings the series back to the Fury firestorm he's kind of normalized a bit mm. and so it becomes less interesting but like the hyena is spoiler for everyone who didn't read this 1978 comic um the hyena is the sister of, his, of Ron Raymond's girlfriend.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay? Uh-huh.
1: But they never come out and say it. It's hinted at so strongly that when they bring the character back, right. they're just like, everyone knows it. <laughs> like, there's never a reveal as such. <laughs> um, but it's the sister, but the hyena is theoretically male. Wow or rather it's not even theoretical male the hyena is not clearly female and everyone presumes the hyena is male
2: mm-hmm.
1: Conway to his credit never uses a gender pronoun
2: mm-hmm.
1: when because well, he's it's Conway He's especially at this point like he's doing a lot of caption box where he's like he feels the sadness of the dark night as he walks through the clouds um, but he, with the hyena he he, he never uses a gender based pronoun hmm. which I think is a really Smart in in retrospect, yeah. Uh, but all the characters react to the hyenas as if as the is male,
0: right? Yeah. No, it's the other thing that I mean. It's odd. It's odd. Like I cannot tell if if Conway is making fun of Marvel or if he, he's lovingly making fun of it, or he was told to create something like a Marvel comic and he is satirizing it. But like, eh, like there was there's some point in the second issue where like some other character gets mentioned, and it's like the seriously the fifty seventh character that has um you know an alliterative name, you know yeah it's serious I was like, what the hell is going on with you? Why guys like like it really is like in one title, there were so many alliterative names I'm like that's odd. That's odd. I mean, and it's clearly Conway had done so much stuff for Marvel beforehand, um, but it's also really weirdly fun. Like there are so many little bits and pieces of it that I'm like, wow, this is, like, like it's kind of brilliant because it's at, at 99 cents a pop on on at the Comixology marketplace or or DC. Um, it's kind of a great impulse buy, and then it ends up being kind of totally worth it. It's-
1: oh, it's spectacular. And the best part is the fifth issue, mm-hmm. oh, if you yeah, buy you it mentioned. digitally, mm-hmm. is, actually includes the sixth issue that was never published.
0: Right, right. Which they, they color, so you apparently. Get- they didn't right? color. No, oh, they did not? Oh, Okay, thank God.
1: Okay, it's like it's like fifty-two pages of content for ninety-nine cents, which is yeah. amazingly. Weird. But here's the thing: DC are doing like really crazy things in their digital marketplace. Yeah, if you, you can buy a version of Flashpoint for three ninety-nine, which is all of Flashpoint, and then the entire thing again in pencils. Yeah, isn't that wild? You can get the Planetary Omnibus for twenty-five dollars for twenty-seven issues.
0: Uh, and I'll be honest, I just purchased that this morning. Like I, but I
1: mean, that's a great deal. No, I
0: know. I was literally like, mm, "Am I gonna?"
1: Ooh, and it's mean. a, a two-week trial. And everyone who, went, if you get this up before, let me check. I, the I think if it's the, this the,
0: Saturday. I don't think. No, I'm No, it's not. Get this it's it's
1: two weeks. Time. It's it's the week is next Saturday.
0: Oh, okay, fantastic. Then I will uh, try and get it up.
1: by So day. yeah, if you get it up by like twenty second, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's available until twenty second. It's available for two weeks. Wow. Yeah um, as a trial and hopefully I really hope it makes them think, well we should do more collections. Because yeah. I if they do collections at ninety-nine cents or less an issue, oh god, I'm in trouble.
0: Yeah. No, I know. I know. Uh well as it was, I really was. To me, Planetary Omnibus was kind of perfect because I have not like because of the long publication schedule, I bought all the floppies, but over such a long period of time, they're spread out over different long boxes and, and I never finished reading it. I bought the, I think I bought the last two issues and didn't read them and I was like, eh, I knew I wasn't going to pick up the absolutes or anything like that. This is kind of perfect. It really is like a, a, a big, also, I don't know if you know this, but, um, you know, I was, talked about how impressed I was with uh, that last issue of Hellboy, which was had this amazing art by Duncan Figueredo. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, Duncan Figueredo is... I mean, he's always been a good artist, but he's he's completely underrated. He's fucking spectacular. He is spectacular. Uh, well, I mean, Actually, I said that to him on Twitter today. <laughs> In a complete moment of fanboyness, somebody, he retweeted the comments. Someone's like, I know you're a the fan of, of Hellboy. I hope you get some high-profile work. And I was like, you're fucking spectacular, Duncan. And then he retweets it, and I was like, God damn you. <laughs> my fanboy moment. <laughs>
0: Well, he should, because you're absolutely right. So Dark Horse has that Hellboy bundle. Do they still have that? Mm. Do you you know the one that I'm talking about? Yeah,
1: they definitely did, yeah. I was Um, really standard.
0: Yeah, I I also got that. That actually was that, because I was like, I didn't have all those back issues of Hellboy. But the what is the latest art called? I'm totally. The Fury. Blown away. Thank you. That the first issue of the Fury. So, the art on that so kicked my ass that the opportunity to pick up those issues at a discount and all at one go, I was like, okay, I'm down. I'm down. They they totally
1: nailed me on this. So
0: it's been a weird.
1: It's you been a you, weird you are you're, you're turning into one of those digital buyers, man. Dude, I, well, I'm telling I mean, you, when, when DC Comics goes digital day and day, you're, you're going to buy more than you think. That's why things mm, going to happen.
0: We'll see. We'll see. It could very well happen. Because for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a little more nostalgia-y slash bundle-y.
1: Like, I don't... Oh, if they bundle the, the first issues of the New 52 like in the second month, mm. that would be a great idea if they did that.
0: Interesting. Yeah, they that actually might
1: be really interesting. And the thing is, the fact that DC are experimenting with their digital releases, the fact they did the Omnibus, the fact that Firestorm's so cheap and includes, like, the, the fifth issue is 52 pages. Yeah. The fact that they're doing the, the Flashpoint mm-hmm. with the pencils, which you can't get in print. I mean, you it's only available digitally. Right. It makes me think that they're, they are actually going to really play around with digital when they, they launch
0: it. Well, it's very, int- you know, when Hibbs had been talking with DC way back when about the digital plan, he had suggested doing a, essentially a digital exclusive edition with the pencils and the, you know, inks and separately and that sort of thing. So I'm kind of fascinated to see, like, I'm sort of like, wow, it's interesting that they offered that for Flashpoint number two. I would have thought that that would have been the thing that they would have done on day and date to experiment with. And clearly they were like, nope, we're going to try it now and see what it you know. No, but the
1: other thing that's fascinating to me is they pretty much did that with no publicity. I saw PR for the Omnibus. Right. It didn't see any PR for the, the digital explosive. No, luck.
0: exactly. It was the same thing that I just sort of noticed it on the app. And I was like... Yeah, I
1: was in the store and I was like, huh, okay. Right. I had to, I had to sign up yesterday for um, the DC relaunch. At Excalibur. Oh yeah! I signed up for so many first issues. <laughs> I was I was talking to them as I the signing up, and I was like, "This is this is horrible." <laughs> I'm sure they were like, it, Yes, did, it's really bad." The they did the same thing as Hips did. You could oh. sign up a series. And you could sign up for the first issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay. so I only signed up for two series. What's that? I only signed up for two series.
0: Oh really? But a bunch of first issues, huh? Bunch of first issues. Interesting. Interesting. I think I jumped on for... Okay, so your two series that you signed on for, one must have been Action.
1: Yes, the other one is Justice League. Ah,
0: interesting. Wow, signed up for Justice League. Huh, interesting. That's one that I think I signed up for just the first issue on, because I was like...
1: Eh. Well, the other thing is, I can always cancel it after the first issue if the first issue is terrible. Right. But I I like, I like the Justice League as a concept, Mm-hmm. I've said this before, like, I generally buy the Justice League comic. And my, unless it's terrible, I'm generally buying the Justice League comic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I mean, I brought all the Brad Meltzer issues. Right. That, you that should tell you what my mm, tolerance is like for the Justice League. Uh,
0: you know, I bought those Brad Meltzer issues. They could have been okay. <laughs> <You
1: know? laughs> exactly.
0: They could have been Okay. No, but I mean, you know, we <laughs> learned. I mean, but that's it. He was like, by the time he got everything set up, is like, okay, my work is done. Like, exactly. I is? set up all these subplots. See you later. See ya. That was awesome. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, uh, that was fine. Fine moments in comic leaving Uh
1: <laughs> Speaking of which. Uh, we, we should we should because it's 5 o'clock.
0: Yeah, we spoke for a really long time. This is going to have to be... Two hours, Hey,
1: Hey, listeners, I hope you stayed with us for the like, two hours we've talked.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll try and chop it up a little bit for you, listeners, so you'll just get one of those great moments where we're talking, and then suddenly the music kicks in. And hopefully one of us will laugh, but if you stick through it, you'll get this official sign-off from Graham, so...
1: Bye, listeners. Bye. (laughs) Bye. The best part is I'm waving this, if they could see me. I bet you are. Why we don't video
0: podcast this? Like, Oh,
1: God. That would be a disaster.
0: Neither of us would want to do it. We would just keep holding up pictures of comic books over ourselves.
1: look at this.